Edge of the Headlights podcast. How are you doing? My name is Rob, and sitting across from me tonight is the sexy piece of man meat dressed in a penguin suit tonight, my friend Marty. Uh, just dancing it up. Yeah. Couldn't get enough. So how was your week? Eh, not too bad. It's been okay. Uh, a little bit sick yesterday, but doing much better today, so that's good. Well, no, I had some interesting thing. I, I work with a bunch of guys at a manufacturing. We're all pretty much... Er, Consistently all assholes. Right. But we all respect each other to a point. Well, one of the guys came up to me. I was at, this, this is a kind of a weird story. I got to set the backstory in this. Usually when I'm at work, I'm wearing iPod, ear pods, you know. But 99% of the time, I don't even have to turn it on because I just don't want to talk to people. And if I got, an iPod, <laughs> if I got my ear pods in, then they don't want to talk to me. Uh, so I'm at the urinal relieving myself, you know, the stand-up urinal. All of a sudden, one of my friends at work... Goes in underneath the partition and taps his foot, like, you know, if he wants service like yeah, at an airport. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm going, all right, I finished my business. I don't, I get up, I get up clo- really close behind him. And I start, and I go, you were much sexier when you had a beard. And all of a sudden I hear his dream go, <laughs> and he stopped. <laughs> oh, no. Then he looks around like, you're an asshole. And I'm like, yes, but yours is tighter. <laughs> But the guy, the guy, he just shaved off his beard a couple of days ago. So oh. you know who you are. Yeah, oh my god, he looked hilarious. much better with a beard. Oh, that's hilarious. That's yeah. pretty interesting. At our work, most nothing day. like creating stage fright in the bathroom. It's fantastic. Yeah. But he brought it on himself. Don't like if you're not going to perform the services you're rendering. Like I'm going to get mine. Right? <laughs> is it, is it so sad that when those stories blew up, what was it, 15 years ago, where there was. Uh, some politician yeah. got caught in the bathroom. Or the guy from Wham or Yeah. Even today when I go in to say even like a flying J and I'm in the restroom, that's all I think is I'm expecting to see a foot start tapping under there and I giggle my ass off. <laughs> so speaking of tapping, let's tap out and get the trace part of this thing about Antarctica done this week. Part three and we're done. All right. Get out of the cold. Actually, I think us from us talking about Antarctica, bro, all this cold weather. Like, we had two nice days. And I told the wife it here. Did. I said we had two nice days. Then we started talking about Antarctica, and it's been cold since then. It has it's been windy, cold, just off pu- and on rain. It's like fall. It actually morning. snowed last night. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I blame us talking about Antarctica for this whole thing. We had our two days of summer, and the wife got mad at me when I said, all right, summer's over. Let's go back to winter. It's done. Screw it. Ouch. So I'm like, no camping this year. She's like... We are too going camping. I'm like, <laughs> okay, sorry, hon. Didn't mean to piss you off. Well, then grab your parka and let's go. <laughs> well, we don't usually go to like the first week of June. And we don't actually camp camp. We do more like glamping. We have a, uh, right, we have a right. camper. Yeah. So. I enjoy too. They're, they're nice. Yeah. But I also like to be out in a tent and just dealing with whatever's coming along. My well, wife you, hates that. Usually it rains if you're in a oh, tent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 99.9999% it will rain. Or you get a heavy dew and you just touch your tent and it's like, it's like a hurricane. And I, I enjoy it because, like, the wind will start kicking up and I go to sleep instantly with that. And, yeah, no. So do you sleep with your fan on? Uh, sometimes. Well, you'd probably sleep with the fan on. I'd probably sleep better. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's enough, enough talk about us and what happened. We're going to finish up this article on Antarctica. Well, two of the most talked about bases in Antarctica are Anman Scott Station, that is run by the Americans, and Vostok Station, which is run by the Russians. Vostok is located inland on the Princess Elizabeth Land, Antarctica. The base was founded in 1957. It lies in the area called Pole of Cold. Hmm. This area has the lowest, reli- lowest reliable Measured natural temperature of 128.6 degrees. Fuck that. And only Russians are like, where is coldest fucking spot? That is where we will make camp. Yep, and we go bring it the Russian, and we got the vodka. Oh, my God. And caviar. Ugh, caviar's gross. I do like caviar, though. Basically, the research done at this station, they do, like, ice core drilling and magnetometry, which magnetometry is basically is the use of magnets to detect anomalies in the Earth. How... You think they would do? A, I bet you there's a bunch of stuff there that they're doing. They're not telling us. Oh, I would imagine. Oh yeah, um, I would imagine a hundred times over things that they are not saying they've discovered. 
Oh, yeah, because they're sitting in the pool of cold there. This sounds like a really bad side of a porn or porno movie with Eskimos or something. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but basically, Vostok sits above the largest of Antarctica's almost 400 subglacial lakes. Basically, that means it's underneath the ice. All right. Lake Vostok is located 13,000 feet below the Antarctic ice. The lake is roughly 160 miles long, and at its widest, measures 30 miles. I actually did not realize it was that far down. Well, that's like, I think I watched an ancient aliens thing. I hate that word. Yeah. yeah. But they had like like four Empire buildings stacked on top of each other. Damn. Yeah. And the average depth of this lake is 1,417 feet, but in some, in some locations can be as deep as 3,000 feet. So it's almost like a mile, isn't it? Yeah. Feet? Just shy of a mile, or is it over a mile? Uh, just under, I believe. Yeah. And the Lake Vosak covers 6,060 square miles, Jeez. Making, it, making it only the 16th largest freshwater lake in the world. But it also has a tide. Well, that's pretty not uncommon, I would say. Yeah. Because even on Lake Ponset down south of us, and that, that if you do fishing out there, that and go by on that stone bridge, yep. they actually it has a tide, too. It kind of threw me off the first time I was down there fishing. I'm like, why oh. am I cork going that way? I'm oh, yeah. that way. Yeah, makes sense. Also in the middle of this lake is a giant, is a couple of islands. They did figure this all by shooting down radar and that. The ice cover, basically for the ice core, the ice covering the lake allows for a record, for a record of climate changes since it was covered roughly 400,000 years ago. But scientists believe the lake water may have been isolated for 15 to 20 million years. It is also speculated by German, Russian, and Japanese scientists. Any organism inhabiting the lake would be unique to only the lake. Duh. Well, yeah, if it's been cut off for that long, it's See, a See, but I don't know how that would work, because if they say it's only been covered with ice for 400,000 years, right. how can the water be stagnant 15 to 20 million years old? Well, if it had been cut off from oh, outside sea sources, okay. you know, coming in and out with it. The first sample core of the freshly frozen lake was obtained in 2013 at the depth of 11,175 feet. But the sample was contaminated with freon and kerosene. <laughs> I think they f failed to mention vodka there, which uh. was used by the Russians to keep the borehole from freezing. A new borehole was drilled, and, a, and an allegedly pristine water sample was obtained in 2015. So if they... Well, they probably just went like a half mile away and still... Right. Dug down to it, so. Oh, my God. Yeah, leave it to the Russians. Well, well, what they got? Freon. Yeah, what's going to keep it from burning up? Throw Freon. Yep, that works. I didn't, I think, well, it's probably cold enough. Freon would probably not evaporate. Yeah. I, I don't Going know down that deep. I don't know anything about chemistry. The first sample core of the freshly frozen lake ice was obtained in 2003. Oh, I already read that part. Duh. Now, the Russian scientists were probably happy with the organic samples got. But you know, some Russian commander under the, of the expedition probably with the name of Boris or Ivan was like, Pa, we are Mother Russia. We need a bigger organism to bring back besides these small things. Do I sound like Russian? That's, that's probably that, terrible. That, that, is, that is a bit Russian. It's good. That sounds terrible. That is where the world, well, that's where organism 46B comes in. You ever heard of that? I'm not sure if I have, actually. I've, I remember back in the mossy parts of my brain where it all is still functioning a little bit, I've heard it mention of something about some organism. Basically, I can't quit saying basically. <laughs> well, basically. <laughs> yeah, shit. <yeah. laughs> organism 46B is described as a large cephalopod-type creature that roams the depths of Lake Vostok. This creature, tre ugh, this creature measures 33 feet long. Has 14 tentacles, unlike the normal eight found on most cephalopods. Okay, yeah, I had heard about that. I did not know it had a specimen name, but I have. Heard oh, you have heard story. about? Yeah. yeah. The gist of this story and rumor goes something like this: The Russian scientists somehow got a man submersible through 2.5 miles of ice and entered Lake Vostok, where they came into contact with this organism 46B. Well, 46B didn't take well to the intruding Russians, <laughs> and he's just and he either thought of them as a threat or food. I would probably say food. Yeah, more than likely. Because it's probably just like eat, eating little itty bitty things down there. Well, I don't know if it's a, this organism is supposed to be like 33 feet long. It probably could eat a lot of things. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Well, it makes me wonder if that is the case. What has it been eating that's under there, you know? Because yeah, usually most animals in a society, if it's like a fish, will only grow to the size of its tank yeah. because it releases the chemicals and whatever its prey is, it won't get too big. Then, uh, where are we at? Um, I lost my spot. Well, okay. Okay. B-46 kills a couple of the scientists using its specialized hunting tactics. These tactics tactics include the ability to release its venom into the water and affect any people within 150 feet of it. This venom gives a victim a calm, like euphoric feeling, so it, the victim, doesn't try to swim away as 46B attacks. That's probably a good thing. Wow. And let's say you are able to defend yourself and get away by back hacking off one of the tentacles. This will not save you as a couple of the Russian oh. scientists found out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because these scientists, they figure they got a couple of tentacles hacked off. And they're like, oh, we'll keep these for study. Well, right. they found out. Well, they make camp on one of the islands in Lake Vostok. I figured that much out from the story, the way they said. Because they said they make camps. I'm assuming they right. were on one of these islands. Basically, the tentacle they took off and put, like, in a ice chest for study. Well, it got out of the ice chest on its own accord, went along, and strangled two of the scientists oh, while Jesus. they slept. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That reminds me of that movie you were talking about, Slither. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and that's the, the fun. Yeah, and that's not the deadliest thing Organism 46B could do. It has the ability to change shape and mimic other things other people to a point. Jesus. Yeah. Well, if you look at cephalopods, you're oh, kind of yeah. like that already. The story tells of an attack by 46B on one of the scientists as they went diving in the lake collecting specimens. This unexpected diver just thought there was a fellow scientist diving also next to him, but it turned out it was organism 46B. <laughs> and it uh, killed him. Jesus. Because it goes in there and says... Yeah, basically they watched it. He got to the surface and he looked all calm. And all of a sudden, you seen this forty-six B come up behind the guy, grabs him, rip off his head, shoves it in his mouth like a piece of popcorn. <laughs> Which okay, popcorn. Why don't you like popcorn? Uh, I just, it's just I don't know. It's not even that it's a bad flavor. I just I just don't like it. Yeah, because texturally, me and, it's just not. Because it kind of threw me off. I went and got me and Marty went to see Godzilla vs Kong. I'm like, oh, he wants a popcorn. He's like, keep that devil styrofoam away from yeah, me. Exactly. I just. Uh, I'm I like, dude, know. it helps you clean out the pooper. It. it scrapes the inside of your intestinal walls. I just, I just <laughs> don't get it. So after this last attack by 46B, the Russians finally got their shit together, and they go ahead and they guess capture the creature. The story doesn't say how they did it or how they accomplished it, if they used one of themselves as bait, and they, but they got in this tank and they captured it. So after the scientists captured the creature, they probably they probably took some notes from the guys at Lake Pakal, the other Russians. They, they, how come the Russians always have problems with big sea monsters? You ever, oh, know, yeah. you ever notice that? There's never... Even, even, even in Pacific Rim, they got killed. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Jaeger oh, got God, killed. they did. So what are they trying to say? They know about giant monsters Russians do and they don't want to deal with it they're not very good <laughs> right just pass it off to the japanese they're yeah. just like no you take care of this oh my god yeah no i never thought of that pacific room thing yeah because they got their asses kicked in <laughs> pacific room too uh you're and they had the baddest correct. looking jaeger of the oh, bunch yeah oh that was like the big old flat top yep. and the guy had the flat top and i was like oh yeah this thing's gonna oh god no well so much for that <laughs> Well, they somehow they managed to, tra- supposedly they transferred themselves and organism 46B back through the two and a half miles of ice to the surface. And the creature was then taken to Mother Russia to be weaponized by the Kremlin. Hmm. That's where the story ends. Not yeah. surprising. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Excuse God. What a, it, it does have a lot of really good adaptive tactics for killing yeah why would it need those yeah that's what i question is what what is it needing that to fight against down there i'm thinking like maybe it's more like a hiding mechanism and it goes off based off size right that would make sense to me well this is all a very good story slash rumor and it just has enough kernels of truth to sound plausible the story broke on november 30th 2016 
roughly four years after the CNN report of the missing Russian scientist. So the story kind of implies that these Russian scientists were down there for four years. Yeah. So I'm thinking it took them a year to get down there. <laughs> oh, Two yeah. years down there and a year back. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, yeah. No. It's impossible. I tried tracking down some of the people mentioned by name in the story. And it's, yeah, it's not possible. Like this Dr. Napa or Napa or something named right. after a car. Yep, he doesn't exist. <coughs> Excuse me. And the whole story is said to have been contrived by a sci-fi author by the name of C. Michael Forsyth. And the funny thing is, I think I have a couple of his books in my library somewhere. Yeah. I think I've read his stuff I'm say, The name sounds really familiar. And if you want to read the whole story whole story version of this it can be found at monstersfandom.com but if you type in that it's going to come up if you type in Antarctica and like organisms it was like the third one on the search bar I think for me when I did it on my phone oh, yeah. so that's besides Vostok basing about the largest glacial lake in Antarctica there's also something else that's special about this lake and that's a large magnetic anomaly along the east coast of the lake. Interesting. Yeah. This magnetic anomaly covers an area that's roughly 65 miles by 47 miles, which correlates that to covering basically 3,000 square miles. That's just massive. That's if I did my math, why you take 65 times 47 should give you the amount. Right. To put this in, into perspective, this area would cover it covers a bigger area than New York City only covers 302 miles and that city's massive so Jesus. it's like you fit like like nine of them in there wow and I'm like that's that's huge hey, there's a here's a couple reasons why main, what mainstream scientists give as an explanation to the magnetic anomaly the first one is it's an ancient site of a meteor impact possible okay. sounds really good Another common exclamation is the Earth's crust is thinning in that area, which would cause it to be stronger. But this is contested by a few geologists because if the Earth's crust was thinning, the magnetic anomaly wouldn't show up. So it works in the opposite. The thicker the crust is, the stronger, thinner, right. and less. But in the world of strange and speculative theories, some people believe this magnetic anomaly has more fun or nefarious reasons for being in Antarctica. And some of the theories are, drum roll please, the anomaly is caused by some type of power source left over from a highly technologically advanced civilization that we have forgot about or never heard of. Mm-hmm. Or could it be just be the vast ruins of a metallic building left over from an ancient civilization and the pyramid-shaped mountains are indications of this lost civilization? See, because I did first time I read that, I didn't quite understand it, then I did a little more research on it. If we were to shut off all the power in New York City yeah. and space, it would still give off a magnetic anomaly thing just because of the size and just right. because of the material. Yep. So that kind of makes sense there. And the this is my the anomaly is the proof that there's a Nazi underground or under ice base, and they're just biding their time to reemerge. That would damn Nazis. The Here's my favorite one. The magnetic anomaly is nothing more than a giant alien mothership that crashed here millions of years ago. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm not going to discount that. Oh, really? So you think aliens are down there just biding their time, like in what's it, Tommy Knockers? Oh, Tommy Knockers, yeah. I I I have to concede that that it is possible. Um, maybe they've been put into suspended animation and are just still sitting there. Well, I don't know. That could be possible, but that's just it's just weird that it's just like a giant anomaly that i would almost have to go with like it's an impact crater right that that is my that's the most mainstream thing i'll go right for. that that is but i love the idea of it being some advanced civilization oh god a yeah. power source and it's still running like a backup battery for yeah, that, that's actually my favorite of the theories yeah the most plausible and probably realistic is probably a gigantic crater uh, from yeah. meteor impact because yeah. they do a lot of times tend to have but, work like lodestones see are you on instagram yet no. No, you should get on Instagram. Follow our page. I should. But I posted a picture on there of the crater, and if you're on our Instagram page, you've seen it. And Basically, that's that one in Arizona. Oh, yeah. And that's just huge. I got yeah. the Instagram only put like long videos. I panned throughout the whole thing. I was there a right. couple of years ago. But in the picture I took, 
there's a little white speck. That little white speck is 14 feet tall. Oh, Jesus. And standing next to that little white speck is a guy that's six foot tall. And if you zoom in on it, even on my phone, I zoomed in the picture to take the picture and you can zoom in more. You still can't see the six foot tall guy. That's crazy. That's just, it's just like some of the boulders they have on the side. Yeah. Our biggest house is like this house here. This is huge. I'm like, it doesn't look that way until you actually walk up to them. And it's like, holy shit. It's a big fucking rock. Yeah, just the, it's hard, I think, for our head to comprehend the magnitude of things that size. You yeah. know, you can see it in a picture and you're like, oh, that's a big goddamn hole. Until you're standing on it and you're like, oh, God. This if is... you go, if you get a chance, anybody, sh- I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. I. But it's that awesome, it's awesome. It's where they film Starman. Starman. The, the yeah. final scene in Starman. But that creator is just, it's a natural wonder and it's just amazing. It's just, it's awe inspiring. Yeah, it's it actually phenomenal. is because yeah, I'd like to see that. You got the mountains in the background. You got the you got the rim. I can't think of it because what's the, what's a rim? Either way, there's a rim around it, like a right. round rim. And um, yeah, it's just awesome. It doesn't cost much to go there. Like I think it costs like ten bucks there. And, oh, that's not bad. You no, know, it's just you'd stay there as long as you wanted. They used to have trails where you could walk all the way around it, but they closed them off. Because, oh, really? Yeah, because it's higher elevation. Like yeah. I'm a heavy smoker, but. Yeah, even though I could tell there's a change in elevation. Yeah. And you can go down. And you, this is where, the, like, NASA did some moon landing training. Yep. And there's actually a well down the middle of it, and they tried to go so far, and they, they stopped doing that for some reason. Really? At least that's what they said they did. Just testing on drilling. I'm, why would they do surface? testing on drilling? Just but, yeah, it's... Okay, let's get off the creator talk. Let's talk more American like stuff, and let's go into Ad, Onman Scott Base. In Antarctica is located at the South Pole, you know. America, got to be at the center of attention. Yep. Some of the research at the base includes glaciology, geophysics, meteorology, upper atmosphere physics, astronomy, astrophysics, and biomedical studies. Ice fish. That's what they're studying. They're stealing DNA from them damn ice fish. Uh, they're going to inject it into us so we can get used to living in South Dakota better with all this cold weather. Uh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I'll take some of that DNA. Thank you. <laughs> Well shot. Yeah. Amundsen Scott base is home to bicep array. Biceps. Yeah. Oh. Don't, don't be flexing your biceps because <laughs> your, your biceps are bigger than mine. Bicep stands for background imaging of cosmic extragalactic polarization. That's a mouthful. Mm, it is. The bicep array helped in detecting primordial gravitational waves from the early universe. My question is, why in the fuck are we looking up when 95% of our ocean hasn't been explored? Then I would be less scared to go in the ocean. That's what uh, we need to do. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that. Yeah, there's stuff in the ocean. We can find... We're, we haven't been back to the moon in how many fucking years? Oh, yeah. But we're more worried about what's in the bay? Is there the big rock coming for us? We, yeah, if a big rock's going to hit us. There's nothing we can do to stop it. There's no Bruce Willis that can right, save us. Right, right. Yeah, we're not going to be sending rock hound out to, yeah. to plant explosives on it. Yeah. If it's coming, it's coming, and odds are they're not going to tell us anyways. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, that's why I, the movie Greenland, you ever seen that? The new one that came out? Oh, which one? Greenland. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. the one with uh, Depardieu or whatever. Yep. Him, the guy from Babylon, uh, whatever, that English dude. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I've... I've that's kind of funny because I was watching that, and like as soon as I saw that preview, like the next thing I read on my phone was like, meteor passes Earth, just barely misses Earth. Well, it's like only the size of a football, but you know, mainstream media is they're like, oh, it's a giant, it's gonna kill us all. But then Greenland showed up, I'm like, that's kind of ironic. There. Is that like a little bit of foreshadowing? Right, just giving you a heads up, quick. Yeah, no, I, I like to think every time they throw one into the news. Where it's like, oh, God, we found this thing coming by us. I'm like, yeah, that's not the one I'm worried about. Otherwise, you wouldn't be telling us about it. <laughs> you I'm know? More, yeah, it would be like SOL because it would be pure chaos. I'm more worried about stuff that's going to come out of the ocean. Oh, yeah. All right, let's be real. Yeah. It's it's much more likely, I think. Especially something. with all that radiation from Fukushima going in there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that just dumped for how long? Maybe that's why Godzilla's been such a big hit because it's actually foreshadowing. Right. Because how long has Fukushima been... Eight years now. It's oh, been at least. Yeah, I'm like, God, yeah, that's got to be affecting some stuff out there, like the three-eyed fish from Simpsons. Right. I think this is gonna be worse. Yeah, I know they've they've stemmed a lot of the flow, but there's no way that they could stop. Well, they use that, that, that sea. They use the sea water to, yep. to, to recycle out to keep the core cool. 
So but radioactive water is going back in there. Yeah. Just leaves you a little nervous. No, yeah. Now, Albinson Scott Base is not without its share of strange rumors. Like the airman we mentioned in the previous episode by Linda Moulton-Hall that flew over that large hole in the ice. Oh, yeah. And there's also plenty of talk of all the powerful, influential people visiting Antarctica. Here's a list of it. I made a list of like six people that have been powerful people. You have Bill Clinton. In 19, Bill Clinton. You have the King Juan Carlos of Spain, the King of Spain. Al Gore. Prince Harry. The Russian Orthodox Patriarch Kirill of the Church. Then Buds Aldrin. That's pretty, pretty, a pretty list of pretty good people there. They, they are yeah. pretty influential. Now, some of the websites I looked this up, and like oh, all these people are down there visiting, and that it makes it sound like they rushed down to Antarctica around the same time. Which that's not true at all. No, no, because if you ever look at them websites, you're like, oh, Bill Clinton's been there, then the Russian guy was there, then the King from Spain. Well, yeah, Bill Clinton was there in 1999. Right. And the King of Spain didn't go down there to 2004. Yeah, which is, you know, a five-year span. Yeah. Then he had Al Gore. Basically, Bill Clinton went down there. I don't know. Maybe he wanted to play a saxophone for his, for the Penguins. I don't know why he would go down there. Perhaps that is why we now have Penguin dancing videos. Oh, all that's, started oh with, that's not right, dude. It all started with Clinton and his sax work. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about his sax work, Monica. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> then you have King Juan Carlos of Spain went down in 2004. And he went down there, I found out, to, for the, the dedication of a new Spain research base. Well, good for them. Yeah. yeah. They got flamingo dancers. I bet that was like, <laughs> terrible. Flamingo dancers in a parka. They're angry because they can't get their empanadas to cook right because it's too goddamn What are cold. empanadas? Empanadas? Yes. Yeah, they're like a little pastry. A lot of times they have like meat and stuff. Oh, basically, they're fried. Spanish meat pies. Yeah. Oh, okay. They're delicious. Al Gore went down there in 2012, right when the movie came out. Right. And probably, he went down there for the reason of climate change stuff. Um, that's what they say he went down there for. Because right, right now, South Dakota should be under at least three feet of water, if we went off what he said. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we're all dead. It's, yeah. Uh, we're, all, we're all fish people. Oh, Al. Prince Harry <laughs> went down there in 2013 to support the only man who soloed across Antarctica. He went down there. I looked up this guy. This guy's badass, too. Wow. He soloed across Antarctica. Well, he had a support team behind him. Like right, The people right. that swim, like, crossing a channel. But he got frostbite on his face because he said oh. there was, like, a pinhole. He didn't notice. It froze his face. It Holy certain, crap. Yeah. That, but he oh, pretty much soloed across Antarctica in a tent, fully geared up. Dragged his own food along. The only reason the people were there is in case he had like a medical emergency and he right. died. That, that, that's dying. ballsy. That is a yeah. ballsy dude. Yes. The Russian Orthodox Patriarch Kirill went down there in 2016. The reason to show that the Russian people can, we can all get along. So I'm pretty sure he went down there and sing Kumbaya or right. Kumbaya or something like that. Actually, I listened to a Russian song today. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. I don't know what they were singing, but it was really good harmony. They're pretty good. I've, I've listened to some uh, Russian metal before, and it's kind of like German metal. They may be singing about something super happy, but there's just, just something so angry. inherently angry in yeah. their voice. Oh, yeah. Then we have Buzz Aldrin in 2016. Went down there. Buzz is the last guy I'm going to talk about, because actually that, you haven't heard about anybody after Buzz Aldrin. But Buzz Aldrin going down there is famous for one other thing besides going to Antarctica. Is this tweet that said, we are all in danger. It is evil itself. Now I went through the Snopes and I verified that. They said, oh, this hasn't happened. Buzz's tweet was false. Somebody else put it out because it wasn't like a blue check mark. Yep. That's not the end of the story. Because Snopes, after this, came into a bunch of the spotlight and asked how, and asked how, how are you checking your facts? Who's paying you to check your facts? And there's some higher-ups there that part of the supposed cabal of the ultimate people that are rich in the planet. Right. They're backing Snopes. So. Huh. so that made me think, well, what if Buzz did actually say this tweet and it's just told of us that, oh, that's not possible. He didn't do that. There's no blue check mark. That's I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to throw <laughs> Snopes out the window because I believe Buzz Aldrin actually did tweet that. I, I can't argue it. Uh, because I, I know they, they say that it wasn't there. But there were people that did see it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 
And also, why would I could not? Did somebody hack his account to put that out there for what reason? You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't think somebody it would must because that man thrives on high stress situations. Oh yeah. So. Oh God, yeah. So this leads up to the fun part. What do you think is underneath the ice, Marty? Oh, uh, before you mention that, like how this is a South Dakota podcast. Yeah. There's actually there's a Amundsen Scott base is actually really connected to this town of Watertown. Oh, that is crazy. I did not yeah. know that. I actually worked at the place that actually helped build the new base Oh, <laughs> in Watertown here. It's based on the SIP system, and Intercept here in town oh, actually yeah. built the panels for that son of a bitch, the whole thing. Oh, damn. Yeah, I remember the foam because it was like 17 inches thick and yeah. like hard as this table. Yeah, I remember when you guys were working on that. That was quite a while ago. Yeah, that was like 2005. Yeah. But, or maybe before that. But yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that's crazy. So that's a tie to Watertown. Well, at least South Dakota, like we always try to do with every episode. Right. So well, Some things are harder than others. That is pretty crazy. So what are your theories, Marty, about what's underneath? Ketamine's oh, thanks, a thanks. crazy drug. I don't think ketamine. <laughs> I only take senior Sid. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jesus. Well, now I know there is stuff under there. Uh, like, it's, like I was telling you earlier, a friend of mine actually sent me a, a article where scientists that just came out in February of this year where they'd been doing uh, hole drilling, and they had actually found on some rocks way underneath the ice surface, the ice shelf, where they did not believe anything could live because it's too cold, there's no light. They have found over 22 different species of multicellular creatures that are similar to sponges, and they're not even sure how they're finding food because there's no reason they should be alive. Um, my biggest fear of things we will find under there is things on the bacterial level. Oh, yeah. There's things that will get released if we start dicking around with that. I think there was a place up in Alaska that you mentioned that with the bacterial thing. Oh, yeah. There's that, yeah, they were they're up in the t- permafrost up in yep. Alaska is thinning out and thawing out. And these guys are up there, I think they're like excavating like a saber-toothed cat or something. Yep. And one of the guys at the excavation site, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I had this little spot on my leg. Didn't think anything of it. You know, he probably poked himself or scratched himself. 24 hours later, it went from a pinprick the size of his fist. Yes. And they're like, uh, you need to get out of here. There's something wrong with you. And then they take him back, and it's like this unknown microorganism virus yep. thing that was just going to eat his leg off. Yeah, it was just out. going to devour him. Yep. And they had no idea really what it was. That's the kind of thing that the realistically scares me of things. And, like, you see that up in the steppes of Canada, Russia, where we do have that permafrost that's been frozen for 10,000 years, yep. that some of it is melted off. And what kind of... Even some of the shit they found that is alive. Yeah, There are, like, little worms that have been frozen for 10,000 years that after exposed, five out of the 50 they found are still alive. That that kind of thing really scares me of what we will find. So you think there's worms underneath the ice that are going to attack us? Well... Those are my So this, is anything about a really cheap version of Tremors? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing cheap about Tremors. Oh, yes, uh, there is. There's a treasure. lot of cheap things. That's a treasure. But no, I, I honestly believe, going way back, I, I am a firm believer in the Pangea theory, where all of the continents were at one point a gigantic landmass. And over millions of years, with the tectonic spread, they've separated. And I do believe Titanic or tectonic? Tectonic. Okay, you said Titanic. Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. I'm just busting your ass. Just All right. About it. <laughs> but yeah, I do believe that at some point underneath there, we will find evidence of older civilizations that were there. Maybe not massive city ruins, but there will be stuff that predates what we think now as civilizations. Um, I believe underwater, I, I do put a lot of, I do put some stock into, say, the 3436B. I do believe that there are probably, and they're most likely cephalopods. They're going to be madness when they figure out what they eat a lot of calamari. And calamari is good. Oh, it is delicious. 
But I think underwater there, I believe there probably are some more advanced, similar to octopus, squid, some type of cephalopod that are currently living under there. Um, Basically, that's what the bloop is because that's a big octopus fart. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I am intrigued by the idea of ancient civilization stuff being under there. I, I love the romantic idea of an alien craft being crashed down there. As I said, I'm, I'm a huge Thing fan, Transformers fan. All involve alien shit being crashed and sitting for millions of years. Realistically, probably not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be fun. It's cool. It's a great idea. Perfect sci-fi fodder. But realistically, not. I, I think, honestly, we will at some point, if we can get down to some of that, I think we will find evidence of past generations that we don't know about. Yeah, because, like you said before, it was like part of Pangea before right. it broke off. Because I remember, like, when I was in school many, many years ago, and I thought they mentioned like, they found, like, a zebra fossil or something, but I'm like, time to find out, like, no. They found, like, a lot of birds, but no large mammals on the thing, just, like, birds and yeah. a couple of dinosaurs, but no mammals, so. So, what did you? Well, I can't remember what you said. You found out. What do you think is underneath the ice? Just nothing. Um, as far as living now, that would be activating. I would say is going to be more on a microbial level mm-hmm. of what is functioning under there. Probably not even functioning under the science we understand. No different than some of the stuff living in the ultra sulfuric, super hot vents under the water where we thought ah, nothing can live there because it's hundreds of degrees yep. and it's a thriving colony. Yep. I imagine we're going to find the same kind of thing in that super dense cold underneath there. No light. And, and under dark, if you will. Yeah. Things living in complete darkness because that's and The only ones you're going to catch is a reference to under dark or a bunch of nerds. It, it Pretty is. much the guys that do your D&E group. Yeah, they'll they catch will, that. They they'll will. catch that. Oh, we'll talk about under dark. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's a world of darkness and cold and over millions of years they've evolved to that. Mm-hmm. And that's what they are doing there. I kind of... I, I don't think there's a Nazi base. Again, would be a really cool idea and be a lot of fun, but just not realistic, I don't no. think. I kind of... Well, the same route you were talking about, kind of the same route, but I threw a little extra in on it. Oh, of course. I believe... Well, my first thought was like, Buzz Aldrin, what would shake a guy like that? That guy's right. been to the moon and back. Oh, yeah. Lives, thrives, and high stress situations. I mean you 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 weren't just thrown up there. You you went through a lot of testing. Yeah. To so, be one of these top-notch astronauts, especially these early guys. They were tough bastards. Yeah. Straight As, up. And if he says something like it's like evil itself, I'm like it had to shake into his core. Oh yeah. So I'm thinking actually there underneath the thick ice there's probably ruins of some sort. I'm just that's my this is my theory. Right. And um basically ruin like my whole thing came up with this, like, we're finding ancient ruins we never knew about. Every time you throw a stone, you can almost oh, find yeah. one. Because you have Gobekli Gobekli Tepe in Turkey. And you ever heard of the Rigo Grande site? No, actually, I don't think I have. It came out, like, a couple of years ago, I think, like, in 2012. No, actually, about 2016 they found it. The Rio Grande site is in Brazil. It is some called, sometimes called the Stonehenge of the Amazon Jungle. Oh. Yeah, it just popped up back in the news again. Interesting. Yeah, so. Now, I believe there's an ancient ruins buried underneath the ice. Because I think that's what Buzz saw. That's right. what kind of shook him, but. I don't. Did he you know in these ruins? Did he find the desiccated and frozen alien bodies? No. No, there's no alien bodies down there, I'm pretty sure. At least I don't believe there is. Right. Or did he find, like, the rotting bodies of the last not- Nazis? Eh, maybe, because, you know, Nazis are down there before us, supposedly. Yeah. They could have been down there. Or do you see giant penguins like an H.P. Lovecraft at the Mountains of Madness? Oh, that, that, that might have freaked him out a little bit. Giant that, penguins. That would probably do. That'd it. be like that guy in that Pika suit. Pika Pika. Yeah. Oh yeah. But you know, there's more of them and, and horrifying. So I'm gonna throw a few names your way, and you tell me what you think these are. After I, there's like five names here. Okay. And they're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be able to say them for shit. I can type them out <laughs> easy enough, but I can't right. say them. You have Aspergillus tubingen, Taylor Mysis flavus. Cladiosporidium, Sapphirospermium, Ophiocordy, Sipes, Unilateralis. Then the last one is 
Emerilia Ostoye. <laughs> mm. So, what do you think them were? Besides well, sounding like really good Italian dishes. All right. Anything with sporidium in it is never good. So that's usually a type of uh, bacteria of some kind. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start off with the first one. The Aspergillus tubigen is actually a plastic-eating fungi. Oh, ah, okay, okay. Yeah, they just found yep. a new one. That it's actually it's polyurethane. Yeah. And that's actually kind of scary because everything <sighs> like the plastic... And my computer is made out of polyurethane. Uh, yeah, I know everyone is like, oh, good, it can help get rid of our pollution. No, no, and I'm no. like, oh, God, now I'm worried about getting in and ruining my, my stuff. Car. <laughs> anything. If it gets... Oh, yeah. Then the other one, that Taylor's Flavus, it sounds like Flavor Flav. Right. This one's wicked. This one is really wicked. This fungus actually eats iron. Oh, God. Yeah, they found it in China. A living rust monster. It does. It actually it takes acid. It excretes an acid. That eats away the stone to get to the iron in the stone. That oh. eats the iron. Oh Jesus! Wow. Yeah, yeah. no, that's that's uh, horrifying. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying it. Okay, we got one that eats plastic and one that eats iron. We're kind of shit out of luck. No more cars. Everybody start oh, walking. My God. Everybody make their sandals out of leather like gladiator days. Right. Enjoy your wooden boat. Yeah. Then you got Cladiosperum sapphospermium. Guess what that fungus eats. Oh, God, I don't even want to know. Radioactive material. Oh. They found oh. it at Chernobyl in the hottest spots. Ugh. Oh, Eating Jesus. radioactive material. Just living its life. Living its best time. life in the middle of the hottest, worst, nastiest place, oh, yeah. deadliest place on the planet. Holy God. That's the only place they've found this thing? or Yeah. Well, why would you go into a functioning reactor? Oh, wow. That's at a regular nuclear power plant. Wow. But no, that, thing's, that thing's pretty scary. I yeah. mean, it is eating. So now we have one that eats iron, one that eats plastic, and one that eats radio waste. Mix all three of them, you get really funky ass. What's wow. It, uh, what's that kaiju's name that's like the sludge monster? Oh, oh, uh, was that uh, Biolante? No, Biolante is like the alligator with like seven heads. I think it was Hedora. Oh, okay. Hedora, yep, yep, yep. like the sludge monster. Yep. That's, how, that's how you get Hedora right yep. there. Then the other one I mentioned is Odiphus cordius syphus unilateralis. I know you've heard of this one. Probably, I have. You, yeah, that's a zombie fungus. Yeah. So now <laughs> that's yeah. the one that takes you. We got a radioactive plastic eating. Yeah, we're kind of screwed them before we start mating with each other. Uh, yeah, that, no, that zombie fungus, man. First time I saw that stuff, I was like, oh, that can't be real. No. And that's not oh, the only one. That's that's just oh, the most common one. Yeah. That's the one that takes the ants up. I've yep. listened to a podcast where they talked about it, and says they did like a two-hour thing on it. It was just awesome. I'm yeah, sorry, but crazy. I don't remember the name of the podcast, right. or I'd shout you out. But that's what they talked about is just that fungus. It, oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, there's some that like take over frogs and slugs. Yeah. It's, it's just, oh, it's just creepy. Yeah. They're just a husk Then we're gonna, going around. Yeah. Well, let's go the highest tree and just death grip on it something. Then we'll just spread more spores out. And oh, we'll, yeah. Last one I met was Amarillia ostei. This is the honey mushroom. And the nice thing about this is it's the world's largest living organism. Oh. On the planet. Oh, God. This fungus covers 965 hectares, which is 2,385 2, acres, which correlates to 3.7 miles. Oh, my God. This fungus also weighs between 7,500 pounds or up to 35. No, it's. 7,500 to 35,000 tons. Oh, my God. And is anywhere between 2,400 to 8,650 years old. And it's all located in Oregon. I forgot to put the exact location, but that's where it's at. It's oh, in Oregon. really? That's the world's largest living organism on this planet. Oh. Good God. That is massive. It is. This That's like... A, it's like 1,634 football, I mean, soccer fields, they said. Right. I didn't write that down. I just converted it to miles. Oh, my God. And it's anywhere from one to three feet thick. Just a solid layer of... Yeah, it's it's like one to... It's one, it's like... No, I'm sorry. It's like one to three feet below the ground. Oh, And okay. it feeds off... Basically, it uses a mycelium, which is all the little tiny roots in that. Yep. And basically, it kind of feeds off all the aspen trees that kind of they feed out the nutrients coming out of the aspen trees. So it's like a symbiotic thing, but they oh, kill nice. the aspen trees. Yeah. 
eventually. It's yeah. just what's going to happen. Yeah, that's just scary because something that large. You first thing I'm like, "Where's our resort?" And I typed it in. I'm like, I'm thinking like blue whale or something like that. Nope, right. this is a land-based fungus that's this big. I'm like, holy shit! It's also here in North America. Oh, good, yeah. good. At least it's not the mutant zombie one. Ah, true, true. Yeah. Just, so this is my final say on what I believe. I I believe Buzz Aldrin was showing a vast underground, ice underground or iced ruin city from a long time ago but what terrifies him was what he saw among the ruins in the ruins of this ancient city buzz did see the rotting and mummified corpses of the previous inhabitants of this once great metropolis and a feasting upon the corpses was a fungus this fungus the scientists told them has been getting more aggressive in its feeding behavior as temperature rises and this fungus is also has shown some type of rudimentary intelligence which isn't that hard to believe for me because once something gets so big, yeah. they even said, I did some research on, is fungus smart? And they said, yes. Because of all the mycelium, it kind of like, it's like an avatar. And basically, the higher press situation, the higher stress, it causes it to change a little bit and get more right. aggressive. So I believe that's what he saw. So this would possibly explain Buzz's tweet. And we had, and he, when he evacuated from Antarctica due to his infection in his lungs, which is water, I was thinking he had some possible spores in his lung, and that's why they had to evacuate him because you saw this. Oh, it would make sense. Because I didn't know anything about the twenty-two things, you, the sponges you mentioned before tonight. I'm like, yeah. I didn't even know that. I'm like, because I was thinking like the most common thing on that besides penguins, leopard seals, what else is terrestrial out there? They even said at the very in the first episode we mentioned like fungus and lichens. I'm like. Yep. Then I do that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that can't possible. And it made more sense as you look at it because you got fungus that eats iron. Right. Plastic. Radioactivity. I mean, let's let's be honest. The, the pla- like Just the plastic-eating fungus, that is not something I'm sure that was around 3,000 years ago. Yes, it was. Because there was nothing the, to eat. Do you know where they found it first? In Ecuador. Really? In the jungle of Ecuador is where this was like found like in 1818. Was it what? What was it eating off of though? Like rubber plants, or yeah, or did it just evolve then to start eating what was more well, common it, around? It's it. probably just something that probably just found its own niche, like rubber plants. Right, probably, that's what it was eating off of. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, because like George Carlin once said, I don't know why we're worried about plastic because eventually it'll go back to it because it's made out of oil. It'll eventually right. deteriorate just not as fast as we think it should. Right. Not that I'm promoting plastic or whatever. I just yeah, no. That's just but, what he said. Yeah. Because fungus is actually, it's everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in my lawn right now underneath all the damn leaves yep. after we got that snow. Allergies kick my ass every spring. Well, yeah, you'll see it even on, like, foundations of old buildings, little yep. bits of just, moss, even not full moss, but just different li- types of lichen. Yeah. It's just biting at time. It's going to get us. Oh. It's going to. Just wait. Ugh. It's going to hook up. The iron-eating one's going to hook right. up with the radioactive one. Once they get their leadership in place. <coughs> yep. Then uh, you're going to have, like, the radioactive iron one. They're like, oh, we got to just spray our spore out and we'll mutate them all so all the humans right, do our bidding yeah. for us. Bring us uh, your cars. Well, you even look at, say, like, uh, some of the carnivorous plants Yeah. as a higher level of, of fun- fungus and plant that use bait to pull people in. Smells. You know, yeah. Some of them smells are pretty damn nasty. Oh, yeah, but if you're a carrion-eating thing, they've evolved. What's to say they're not going to evolve to be like, oh, what is that, honeysuckle and lavender? Oh, oh where's that at, honey? I'll take the and vanilla cinnamon bean, please. Right, just... Ugh. Is that vanilla latte out back? Do you smell that? Do you're kind oh, of next thing you know, you know. Oh, you that wouldn't that wouldn't that wouldn't work, my wife. You'd have to like shoot that smell like rum chata or something. <laughs> I can't say rum chata probably wouldn't have me coming right into the middle of the. I don't want to hear about either. you coming, okay? It's, oh, no, really? No. You don't? No, I don't. <laughs> no, but that's. I think Antarctica is just something topic we could spend days and days on. Oh yeah, there's just so much stuff down there, even just on speculation of. Which things. is mostly what this whole. Oh yeah. Almost every story out there that you find on the internet is all speculation. Right. And we're just gonna and, have fun with it. And and like we've said many times, I think a lot of those things there is a kernel of fact somewhere in there yeah there's always a kernel of truth that makes it really plausible yeah and that kernel of truth can sometimes get 
it may be the size of a pea, but by the story comes out that truth, maybe it's that, oh, it's as big as a grapefruit, but oh, yeah, actually it's, it's only a pea size. Right, it's still a pea, but it's it's being turned into the asteroid that's killing us all. Yeah. You know. But like with the anomaly, that magnetic thing at, yeah. in Lake Vostok, I would almost have to bet that's like a meteor impact. I would love for it to be like some ancient civilization God, that yeah. just ruined. Yeah. But that ice with that much weight on it would just crush it to rumble. Yeah, uh, eventually it is all going to get ground under. Yeah. You know, unless you have a lot of open space caves underneath there that it would have survived in. Yeah. But even then, a lot of it's going to be destroyed. I would love for it to be some big pyramidal structure with an energy core, like the first alien predator where they find the big oh, pyramid yeah, yeah. in Antarctica. Yep, yep. That's just really cool. That sparks my head, and I'm just like, oh, wow, that would be so great. Because Realistically, no. Come on, it's no. probably not what's going on down there. Because I also looked at, too, like, where Buzz Aldrin's at. He went to Amundsen. I think it was Amundsen Scott. And that's in the middle of the fucking nowhere. Yeah. Because I would put more stock into him. I would love to, like I said, my speculation is just wild harebrained idea right. I came up with. But the fungus is the main primary of my speculation. Yeah. I believe there's some type of fungus down there that maybe he heard about. He probably heard about it, didn't see it. Right. Just sensationalized, sensationalized saying he found his ruins or whatever. But that fungus is probably out there, like you said, with the bacteria. Yeah. And also, like, I would put more stock into him finding a larger type of life form. I don't think it's some massive life form underneath the ice, like yeah, organism 46B. Unless where he went was more like down the mountain ranges, because they already know the mountains are in so much pressure. There's actually live volcanoes on there, because if you look at yes. it, I could see if the, where he went... And he went underneath the ice there because there that hits up the ice and you got better chance for larger organisms. Yeah. But where he was at, and if he saw anything, it had to be something minuscule and not that threatening right. to a point. But enough to rattle him. You know? Yeah. Because if he had said, oh, this fungus, if it gets it's in your lung, it's going to kill you. Well, <laughs> he gets it and it gets evacuated yeah. just for that because of some precaution wasn't called or something. And I mean, some of that also goes back to whether you believe he actually tweeted it or not in the first place. Yeah. You know, and I, I do, as you said, I believe he did. I kind of believe he did too because yet. I think he let us, he saw something down there. Yeah. But the powers that be said, no, just say he didn't do it. Say yeah. this Joe Blow hacked his account or something. I said it's no different than many of the astronaut accounts coming back have been redacted from even when they went to the moon yeah we're gonna have to talk about that oh yeah i mean it's because there's that photo that throws me off when you're talking about astronauts that photo of them right right that throws me way off and i'm like for what for what that photo is showing it should be polar opposite yeah and there there's been more than one that have come out and had even cryptic kind of messages about stuff yeah where it's like uh yeah even being a national hero i think you get that government leash put on you oh yeah you That's do. just how it is. Yeah. So what else have we got left to talk about in Argo? You got any other thoughts on this before we leave this great, wasted, cold, South Dakota-type land <laughs> in the background? <laughs> I really don't. Like I said, there's a lot of speculation of things I could talk for quite a while well, on Antarctica. You know, just concepts, ideas of what could be there. But, I mean, we've kind of grazed over... Pretty a much. full chunk of, yeah. of Antarctica. Which, yeah, yeah, it's an interesting continent. I think part of what makes it so interesting to us is we know so little about it, and we have well, so that's little what we're access. Told to. We know so little. About yes, it. but there, it's not you know like you can just flip over there. You know, it's a little more inaccessible than other stuff in the world. Yeah, and still kind of has that mystique around it. Mm-hmm. And just the weather itself is so foreboding. You know, to to keep you away. It's just never bikini weather there. Yeah, it's just not good. There's no models going to be there. No, 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 not really big tourist. You know, unless you like dressing up, watching penguins in suits. Right, that'd be kind of creepy. <laughs> that park is very sexy. Yeah, thank you, that Olga. Penguin. That's fantastic, Olga. <laughs> Show a little bit of that boot. Oh yeah. Show yeah, us your ankle. Know. Ooh, it's frostbite. <laughs> Put it back down. Oh horror. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I do still find it kind of funny that, like I said, the, the Russians are like, where's the coldest place? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be our goddamn base. Yeah. Oh, it's over a gigantic lake. Hell yeah, bring it on. <laughs> yep. We get the Roman down here, bring a bear, we get them. But can you get going to be good? It's just, they're, they're a crazy people. I, I love that country because they're just some crazy shit comes out of that country. Yeah, like I you mean, got just, Putin right in a goddamn grizzly. Uh, what? I mean, oh, 
even going back years of just crazy stuff happens in that country. Well, just, it covers yet yet for most of that country is no cities, so basically, oh, yeah. yeah. Four, just, it covers four time zones, and a lot of the country out there is like never seen a human being. Yeah, it's just frozen wasteland. People that don't even realize there's been two world wars, you know, still living <laughs> out there. And it's like it's so crazy as they don't call it that in Russia. They call that's a Saturday night, right? Oh my God, yeah. No, I love those people, but they they come up with some crazy shit. Oh yeah. If you ever want to see fun videos, just look up Russian uh, dash cam videos. It is some of the most crazy, bizarre shit you will ever see. It's like, oh, that can't be. Oh God, no, he really just did. okay. Yeah, they just ran. That involved a, the moose. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. You just All gotta right. love it. But yeah, only the Russians are gonna go coldest place. That's our. Place. I'm gonna go shoot my dogs. Ah, I'm not gonna enough. shoot my dogs. Captain, I don't want to hurt Captain Borkborg because that's Marty's favorite. Yeah, his bark is the best. He's like a little Down syndrome looking it's thing. It's crazy. He's just bark, bark. The funniest yeah. bark of ever. That's what that guy with that doesn't have a beard anymore at work is going to be doing around. Bark, bark, <laughs> bark when I'm standing behind him at the urinal again. Uh, yeah, next next time he farts or something, just say, ooh, just my size. Yeah. See how say, is that your mating call? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, horrifying. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, you know what you forgot to do, Marty? To mention something while you were going to the bathroom? What? Well, I was going to the bathroom. I didn't go. <laughs> I haven't left my seat. And yet you still went to the bathroom. Ugh. I have depends on. We're Your good. wife. I have Your depends. wife. I have That's depends. Sure. We're good. Depends on the situation. I have depends. <laughs> depends. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say... Uh, I'd like to have everybody join us, uh, Edge of the Headlights podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. <laughs> little shameless plugging here. Send us a message to uh, Edge of the Headlights podcast at gmail.com for any old thing, whatever you want, comments. Yep, anything, please. Don't care. We're, we've been, we still haven't got an email yet, but we got oh. people listening. we got about 102 downloads now. Right. So we got at least 15 people listening to us. Yay. <laughs> Hooray. And probably half of them are at my fucking job. Well, maybe. I don't know. I, I did like the, the recent breakdown of. Oh yeah, kind of. I want. I want this podcast to get so big. We're gonna have to have the first listeners from Mercury. I don't understand that. Oh, uh, that, like, that is crazy. An anchor podcast. If you push the button, it says global thing. It actually breaks down how, what percentage of listeners are from other planets. Anchor, can you please tell me why that is? Why do you have that on there? Is it just like, or is it like that MapQuest thing where, this is how long it would take you to walk to Mordor? Right. Yeah, I don't I'm know. That's it's what it great. is. Great. I loved it. I was just like, "What the hell?" I sent Marty the picture. It's like, "Huh? What? <laughs> what? We don't have anybody. I, we got to work harder. We don't have anybody from Mercury, Venus, Neptune, Uranus. I don't, well, I maybe from really, Uranus, we might I'm have some." I'm really someone. hoping for our first, uh, you know, uh, solar system listener to be from Uranus. That's <laughs> really, what I'm hoping. It's actually Uranus. 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 <laughs> I, oh, I never even looked. Did they include Pluto as a? Yes, as they a did. Pluto was Hell in there. Yeah. Hell yeah, they did. Pluto's back in there. Don't don't probably be some cool. guy. Don't feel the, bad, Pluto. It's probably some guy at the thing. Like fuck it, I ain't taking out this. They had me to put the planets on there. I'm old school. Pluto's a planet. <laughs> Pluto's staying. Yeah, I don't care how small he is. Hell yeah, good for Pluto. Yeah, but it's still on there. Good for Pluto. So have you got anything else, Marty? I really don't. I think uh, that'll finish me up here for the night. I'll finish you off later. All right. Everybody have a good night. Bye. (laughs) 